0: Abundant in volume yet scarce, soothing and relaxing, yet bearing a devastating force. Defies the laws of physics and it can heal as much as it can harm. It is the source of life. I'm Idan, and from Israel Newtech and PI Media, this is Waterline. Welcome back to Waterline. In today's episode, still part of the series within a series, we get to speak about the T in SPELT, the Israeli model for water sustainability. Structure, pricing, education, legislation, and the T stands for technology, of course. In our previous episode, the prologue, we heard the stories of three Israeli water technology companies, Utilis, that detects water leaks in municipal infrastructure from space. WFI Group, that develops solutions for water purification. And Kandu, that monitors the black box that is the sewage collection system. If you did not hear that episode, go ahead, listen to it now. I'll be waiting for you right here. Mm -hmm. Oh! Good, you're back. Now, let us continue. One might see water technology as the main force, and at times the only viable force to tackle water scarcity. Others might say, upon seeing the Israeli model, that since technology is 20% of the model in real value, its significance is equal to the rest of the components. Oded Distel, head of Israel New Tech, sees the model as the epitome of synergy, as pivotal as technology might be, to the water sector.
1: Without clear legal framework, you cannot uh, build on uh, education and awareness. And without awareness, the uh, pricing uh, model where you charge for water and uh, people are paying for water, you cannot have it unless you have deep appreciation and value for water. And uh, at the end of the day, technology is a crucial part. Throughout
2: the years, the Israeli technology enabled Israel to tackle scarcity. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about three key points in the development of technology throughout the past 70-odd years? Yes.
1: So I think a very important uh, crossroad was the invention of uh, drip irrigation. Uh, we're talking about um, around 60 years ago. When you analyzed the situation and realized that uh, agriculture... Uh, globally takes around 70% of the total water consumption in the total water usage pie, it has a a huge impact. Israel is a country that uh, uses drip irrigation almost everywhere. So the wide adoption of drip irrigation in the agriculture sector is definitely a very important milestone that was done. Second. Second, uh, just... For a minute, I go back to the first point because drip irrigation allowed also a uh, wide use of reused water. So it goes together. Actually, I cheated, right? <laughs> I, I took two points and I put it on one. Okay. okay. Thank you. <laughs> Second one, I would say, is a wide use of uh, desalination. Mm-hmm. Desalination is a very important element in supplying water in Israel. It is not just for uh, emergency, as uh, it is in some other places around the world. It is a strong part in the entire ecosystem, and basically, the water system in Israel uh, relies very much on desalinated water. And we keep increasing the amount of water coming to the system from uh, the desalination uh, plants, purely from the point of view of necessity. We really do not have any other choice. Third point. Third point is the vast entrance of technological solutions, IT, algorithms, sensors, big data, to the water, digital water kind of. And this is, uh, this is amazing. You see uh, brilliant technologies that uh, totally revolutionize the way we manage water from systems that were extremely traditional and conservative and very much relies on protocols from tons of years ago. And all of a sudden now they have modern tools to take smart decisions, to optimize their performance, to use better their uh, budget, to give better service to the clients, better water quality, treating wastewater in a smarter way. So from this this revolution touches almost every aspect of the water system, and uh, it's amazing to see it happening just in front of our eyes.
0: I'm sure you remember Dana Hibnil's answer to my question in the previous episode. The business development manager at WFI Group told me about the group's products, and I asked...
2: I assume that the Israeli brains are the same as the European brains and as the American brains how come this technology was developed in Israel and not anywhere else?
3: The ecosystem in Israel requires the scientists to be very innovative because if you look around, there are uh, new technologies breaking through and you always need to provide the next step to be before.
0: So what is it like, this ecosystem? Is it mainly made up of competitors or are the players in it brothers in arm? As a bystander, I can say from what I've seen that it feels like a healthy mix of both. Many elements drive the development of technological solutions. Not all of them are purely in the realm of engineering. Elant Frankel, the CEO of Aqui's and the chairman of the Water Committee
2: at the Israeli Export Institute, elaborates. The Export Institute is uh, semi-governmental.
4: Yeah, it's semi-governmental, but uh, the companies, they can be startups or mature companies, have their say in the prioritization of the budget and, and how it's uh, really implemented in the market, from trade shows to events like the Watech show, that is something that uh, has been going on for over a decade. It is on the
2: Israeli government's agenda to export these technologies.
4: I think that part of of, of the New Tech initiative It's through budgets that are going into the Export Institute for these purposes of focusing the Israeli water technology companies, small or or large, and helping them go to foreign markets.
2: And as a company that enjoys this, how important is this push from the government?
4: Well, it's becoming, I think, uh, critical. Uh, We are uh, a small country. Uh, with a lot of, uh, I think, uh, maybe disproportionate voice in the world, but we are a small country, and we're in the water sector, which is a very, very global sector. Uh, We are competing with giants from the U.S., from Europe, from Asia, without their backing in many cases. You know, Japanese companies have Japanese banks behind them investing billions and giving priority to Japanese technology, you know, German companies are the same. Let's say that in Israel, I think that we have a good uh, uh, feel of the market. Uh, The advantage of Israeli companies is that they don't have a big local market. So it's it's an advantage because you have to export from day one. A European company in our size would not even think of, of going, you know, beyond their close borders, I would say. And we are already working in in 50 countries. It's like with the water scarcity and, and, and making a water industry out of it. We took this disadvantage. Uh, I think not only in the water sector, in general, in the high tech sector, uh, and and made it an advantage. If we analyze the government effect, I think it's quite dramatic. Not in the dollars, uh, because the the support in dollars is is not. Dramatic, I would say, but in the fact that yes, we are using and and is specifically, but I'm aware of a lot of other companies. We are using the Israeli water brand that is very strong. We are using the you know the commercial attaché network. We are using this leverage in many cases better than other countries because of of the small community effect here that we have in Israel. But let's say. This is, in most cases, instead of a lot of uh, financial support. Now, there's talks about the next decade for the water sector, what, uh, what are the, the, the grand plan for the next decade or so. And the focus is in how to best utilize the limited resources that we have in order to triple probably the export in, in water uh, in the next decade. Now, this is a, an ambitious target, but it's achievable because we are still a fraction of of the world market. The world market is now over five hundred billion dollars in the water sector. I think that the Israeli water export is, is is around ten billion. so we have a lot to work with you know water is is not the industry it's it's a completely i would say segregated uh, type of industries okay you know you have the municipal sector, which is highly conservative water utilities, mostly either privatized or not, mostly not, that are very slow to adopt new technologies. And in this case, usually technology is not winning, but it takes more time, but eventually it will have to win. Why? All this market of wastewater treatment is driven by regulation. First and foremost, it's not about uh, making the world a better place. It's not about... Being a green company, this is nice for the sustainability reports. It's not real life. Real life is about uh, you have a regulation, you need to meet or the plant will be closed. Or Or if it's a city, you'll get a fine or something. So that's how the market works. Now, regulation is quite strong globally. It usually adopts. It usually, you know, you find new pollutants, you need to deal with them. For example, now the EU has put a fine of 30 million euros on Italy for not meeting the new standards of the EU for treatment in in various regions of Italy. So, at the end of the day, it's all driven by regulation. If a municipality in Italy will need to uh, avoid a fine, they will need to upgrade their facilities. And and this is where we go into the picture with a new technology that can do it on a cheaper way.
2: So regulation works for you?
4: Yeah. For us, eventually for, you know, for the environment. But yes, we are completely dependent on a wastewater treatment, completely depending on, on regulation, because most of the companies and, and countries and, and cities will not do it from their goodwill. Now, what I'm saying that this is two completely different type of markets for for us and and for any company in our field. The municipal segment, slow pace, very uh, difficult to penetrate, tender-based, complex. Industry, it's a different market. Then you have global players, conglomerates, uh, manufacturing companies in in paper mills, in in food and beverage, alcohol, distilleries, breweries, refineries. and, And in these markets... Yes, they have their sustainability goals, all driven by regulation, but they are more, I would say, receptive to new technologies because at the end of the day, they look at the dollar. So if you can show them a return on investment or some relative advantage, economically, technologically, it's easier to penetrate. And and we prefer in many cases to work in this field with these type of global clients. That's our main strategy right now. And I think that Many Israeli companies in this field should focus on this field. In my hat, as the chairman of the expert institute committee for water, we've been diverting some of the budgets of of marketing that historically were focusing on governments and on uh, delegations uh, that are more political than business to verticals, to industry verticals, to food and beverage tours in the USA, tours in Europe, meeting with end clients like this that are private, industrial, and can really move fast.
5: You
2: had a remark earlier that kind of made me think. You said Akwai being as big as it is, had it been formed in a different country, would never leave that country. Because of the fact that the Israeli market is very, very small, the only way for a company like Akwai to really exist is by going out and my question is what does it do to the technology this constant dialogue with places that are not part of your culture or that are not part of the culture where this company was born in
4: to the technology or to the company because it's two different things you know to the technology I think that it definitely challenged the technology
2: making it better
4: yeah making it much more robust Uh, and versatile, you know, when you are solving one type of solution for one limited uh, geographical area, then you face much less technological challenges. You know, municipal wastewater, sanitary wastewater, you know, the sewage that we all generate through our showers, toilets, you can imagine it's, it's similar all around the world but it's not. The concentrations of the pollutants are completely different in uh, South America, in China, in India, due to the amount of water that they used. In developed countries, you use a lot of water, so it's diluted. In countries where water is scarce, you use less water, so it's more concentrated. The hardness of the water, the regulation is different in every country. So when we come to any country in the world and we need to address this problem then usually we've seen it somewhere and we know how to approach it
2: so you're not talking about an israeli technology a given you know being a company that was born in israel you're talking about every company has israeli
4: technologies i'm saying that let's say a technology is is usually in the water sector for sure it's not plug and play it's a tailor-made approach you have different adaptation, modifications that you need to do for every purpose, for every country, for every client. I think that the fact that we are out there in the global market from day one, it's a very big advantage if you really want to expand. In order to constantly grow, you need to be diverse. You cannot be dependent on a geography, on a sector, on a client. You need to be out there. That's the strategy that we are using.
2: So, one of the secrets of the Israeli technology is the fact that we are just too small.
4: I would say that we've we've taken this, uh, you know, inherent disadvantage and made it an advantage. Um, that's one aspect. The other aspect is that Israeli companies are, in many cases, more bold than a lot of. I would say, surely, European or or American companies. Out of necessity, uh, I think out of culture also. I've heard it a lot from our clients and partners. You know, they feel that in many cases, we are not afraid to make mistakes. Okay, obviously, if you make too much mistakes, you you have a problem. But take Asian cultures, a mistake is 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 dramatic. In in Korea, in China, in in many places, in Israel, okay, you know, especially in the last two decades with the startup industry, you know, many people can open a company, they can close it after a few years, they lost a few millions, but they did their best. It's 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 a common story here in Israel.
2: So you're saying make mis- don't be reckless, but you should make mistakes.
4: Yeah, yeah, you have to take some. Uh, risks in order to grow. Let's say that the the force that protects us in the water industry is that w- that we don't have the levels of financing of other industries. So it forces you not to be reckless, to be very very cautious in every move you do. Um, but you have to take risks in order to start and getting you know the first client, the first uh, you know larger installation. You have to be aggressive. Going back to my point, I think that uh, the fact that we are forced to work abroad from a very early stage also impacts the company structure. An Israeli company working abroad has to be quite quickly, financially, legally, operationally, able to control offices in different locations.
0: Reality hits hard and drives all players to the extremes, excel or cease to exist. Sounds harsh, but I guess Israelis value a good challenge. After the break, we will go back to the representatives of Utilis, WFI Group and Kandu to hear from them more about the Israeli water technology ecosystem. wish to learn more about Israeli technologies and the Israeli water sector, the people of Israel NewTek will be glad to answer your questions. Log on to IsraelNewTech.com And don't forget to follow Waterline on Facebook to get updates and give us your feedback. You can also follow me on Twitter at idanc79. And now, back to the episode. Listening carefully to El Ad Frenkel, you begin to realize that the technological aspect of the Israeli model for water sustainability is an ecosystem formed once stakeholders within the water sector, as well as those who might seemingly have nothing to do with water, come together and realize it is everybody's business in the most literal sense. Ari Goldfarb, founder and CEO of Kandu.
2: What
5: is technology in the world of water? What does that mean? I think it means to be a pioneer. I think everything we do, we are innovative. Everything we do is the first time. Everything we do is like discovering and crossing new frontiers. And it's like discovering new things every day. What does it mean to be a water sector technology company in Israel? I think we got very good culture of water utilities, so very open. Uh, what I've seen with our clients that they are ready to try. And uh, I can tell you our story. We came with an idea with a box hardly working in data logger with some sensors. Came to one of our clients, to a client in HiFi and tell them, okay, let's try that. And he was willing to go with us. And actually, we operate the system the first time in the manual in real time. And he was standing there and saying, okay, it looks it, that it's working. Let's go for a big project. And let's try it. And the client went to us step by step, and he was willing to take risks with us. So this is something I don't see in other cultures, taking those risks and going the next step with the technology provider. You also find that in the government. So um, we were part of a program led by Hezi from the Water Authority. That support new technology and that is amazing program that supported us in the beginning so with our first project was funded 60 percent by the government so i felt we were handled with care with with all sides from from clients that really supported all the way and and i see them as a partner so i see my clients as shareholders in the company and also with the government that also supported us Actually, I can see the faces of the clients in the UI of the software because every one of them have some input into that solution. Dana Hibnell. So who's driving you? The market, your, your competitors, can
2: you call the people in the Israeli wastewater treatment ecosystem
3: competitors? There are competitors and there are combinations, but I think if I need to better define what is driving the the company is mainly the market outside. The market is vast. There is a lot of need for new technologies which are proven and can show uh, repetitivity. And today we're driven by the market needs, mainly uh, seeing where we have a good process and we can match it uh, to the need in the market. If I need to map some of these uh, challenges, perchlorate contamination in groundwater, chromium contamination in groundwater, definitely agriculture, wastewater. These are markets that you might say, okay, these are niche markets, but at the end of the day, they provide enough bread and butter for a lot of companies, not only us, so it's definitely vast enough for an Israeli company located here, so... Today, the Israeli market in the wastewater and water field are very open. I can say that there's definitely several groups in the market that we openly approach one of each other. Once I don't have a solution, I can provide uh, the name of my colleague and vice versa. With that being said, I do find situations where the other Israeli companies have technologies that are good for a specific sector, but not for the other, and this is where we can complement one of each other.
0: See? As I said before, a healthy mix of both. Competitors as well as brothers in arm. Every engineer who develops water technologies has several informal groups to which he or she loosely belongs to. Engineers, water sector personnel, scientists, and so forth. You might think that these circles will overlap. Sadly, That is not always the case. Eli Peretz, the CEO of Utilis, answers a question I had for quite some time now. Humanity already deals with other liquids on a massive, global scale, and yet...
6: I've spent time on panels where I heard two very interesting comments, which I think those are true for all over the world. The first one is a question that people ask, how come water utilities do not adapt methods and technologies used for oil and gas in the water business. And uh, I think that I found the answer. The answer is very simple. Uh, the price of water is not the price of oil and gas. That's why nobody cares. <laughs> I, I, I think it's an extreme. It's not nobody cares, but, but the, the economy dictates behavior. And the second thing which I actually heard from water utilities... Water utilities' business cycle is 15, 20, 25 years, something, something even 100 years. The adoption of technologies is extremely slow. And they are thinking in terms of decades. Now, technology, especially startups, which are based on VC money that needs to grow very quickly, and show results very quickly, Mm -hmm. doesn't live well in this environment. Mm -hmm. In fact, if water utilities will not change their behavior, there will be no innovation because we, the technology companies, cannot wait for them. They are piloting forever. That's the holy grail. All they do is piloting technology. They never adapt it, or they adapt it very slowly. And if this behavior will not uh, change, there will be less and less motivation for people like me and uh, uh, other people with innovation ideas to invest in this market.
5: Ari Goldfarb. I was in a Water Technology Innovation Conference. It was with the U.S. and Israeli utilities. And the U.S. utilities spoke about how much important it is to use innovation. And then one of the Israeli utilities just raised and said, maybe it's important to use innovation maybe it's not but the only way is just to do it why are we speaking about it let's do it i'm doing that let's do it <laughs> so i think there is a huge culture gap between us and the rest of the world we are willing to take risk we are willing to do things while others will check them very carefully before doing that and that i think this is our role here so have, we 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 will the one that develop things we will the one that be crossing new frontiers
0: oh and there's that, the famous, some might say infamous, Israeli brashness, chutzpah, that is, at times, just another tool in the toolbox. El Ad Frenkel.
4: At the end of the day, I think that Israeli technology would not be considered as very successful if it was just high-risk approach. It has to work at the end of the day. Israelis will do whatever they can to find an 80% solution in 20% of the time, and then we'll go to the next solution in every sector. I think it's across a lot of verticals, not only in water. The Israeli strength is to find the uh, maybe not optimal solution, but good enough solution, but do it quickly and do it effectively. And then in many cases, when we partner with companies from different parts of the world, we can reach the 100%. If you say what's the relative advantage of Israeli technology is to first innovate, find the solution to the problem, and then reach the stage of getting very close to the optimal solution the most effective way. When we try to go to the 100% to engineer it to perfection, there are better, I think, countries and companies to do it. And then if you're smart enough, you're partnering with them.
0: And it seems that this dialogue is as crucial to the creation of new technologies as any other development in engineering or science. In the past two years, Utilis held an annual innovation summit to enable this dialogue.
6: During our innovation summit, uh, we brought together customers, business partners and technology partners, and some industry players for three days. We managed to create a wide understanding within a very large group of people of what we are doing and what is the effect of uh, our technology. And now they are speaking on our behalf uh, through their mouths. How do you know that you are successful? You know when people are expressing your ideas as their own which uh, at that point you give up the copyrights away and you say, yes, (laughs) it worked. The second thing I've learned is that by putting together such an event, the conversation between people creates a lot of good insights that wouldn't happen otherwise. And uh, in that regard, it can only happen when an Israeli company brings together... People from China, Europe and the U.S into a location it doesn't matter where, in that case it was in the U.S. And what people are telling us is that usually they interact with their own people in their own events. So Europeans are going to European events, and Americans are going to Americans' events and so on. And what they have learned with each other, from each other. Totally unrelated to utilities, just from from talking to each other about their problems, about their life. Uh, They they didn't learn by going to five conferences in their locations. So this is the power of Israeli innovation and what we can do together. We know how to bring together people from all over the world. The, the, The idea is behind our technology, but then many other things are being created.
0: Brainstorming, networking, and doing business are important. But when it comes to technology in the world of water, we are talking first and foremost about pressing issues, which makes these cross-cultural meetings vital. Dana Hibnell.
3: If you look at developing countries or Western countries, all aspects of water need to be taken care of. And because of that, you need to take a step forward and see what is the best uh, solution for each situation and you'll never get to a situation that there's no technology involved. The question is, what do you do with it? At the end of the day, you have existing solutions and you need to combine it together with new know how in order to maximize the situation and generate more water out of each drop.
0: Ari
5: Goldfarb. I think we don't have any choice. We must use technologies because the infrastructure stays the same the population is growing the quality and the demands are higher the service that utilities have to bring is much better than it used to be the demands for service is higher and the actually the budget is not getting higher mm-hmm. so we the, those utilities and our clients have to bring more service in a better quality to their clients, so they have to use other means and, and those other means are technologies, and it's very clear to everyone that something had to be changed, and I can see this change. I think I I can see that it's happening right now.
0: When I set out to explore the technological aspect of the Israeli model, I didn't think it is going to be such an elusive topic. And if you listened thus far, I think you understand what I mean. As we can now see, Israeli water technology is not just an outcome of smarter engineering or better science. Aspects such as governmental support, the clout of the Israeli water brand, the existence of full-scale beta sites, the local market's small size, the same market's understanding that survival spells improve or be imperiled, are driving forces which, in turn, creates this unique ecosystem. Many facets, one bottom line. The T of the SPELT model is shaped by seemingly unrelated aspects
2: as much as it is based on scientific disciplines.
0: Elad Frenkel.
4: So what makes Israeli technology tick? It's not one thing. It's the ability to innovate Depends not only on the basic elements that we have here in Israel. We have a very strong academic background here, the Technion and some other uh, reputable uh, universities. Uh, plus, in the 90s, you know, the immigration from Russia that uh, was very important in the first wave of of, of high tech and also in the water sector. You have access to financing. Again, in the water, maybe it's not dramatic, but it, it's still important. It, it, it might be more difficult to, to obtain financing, but still, financing is critical in any field, also in the water sector. You have the government uh, positive approach, like the new tech uh, plan, and you have the people. I, I don't think that you can say that Israel is the best in one of these elements, but the combination is quite optimized. You can have better universities, better resources, but people that are very afraid to innovate and to found companies. In the other hand, you can have very good people, even very good engineers, but no access to financing. Plus what's critical in Israel is the water brand and it's not only a brand, it's also experience, real life experience that that we've turned in the last 70 years a desert into a country with, I would say, hardly any real water issues. I'm being very cautious because we still need to treat our resources very, very cautiously. But at the end of the day, Israel is a small case study. Eight million people in a water-scarce region. But this combination of factors is what creates quite a unique environment for water you cannot find any other country that has this combination, a vision to create a water-independent country, a lot of innovation in water technologies, and practice, implementing it in a small scale of Israel, but in, in real life.
0: Waterline is brought to you by Israel NewTech and is a PI Media production.